can't do it as loud as you, Lucci, but welcome, everybody. We're back on the Motor, Motor Millennials podcast. I'm Zach Rothenberger with Anthony Lucci, bringing you in on the latest episode. We were we were off last week, kind of getting ourselves prepped for the big Labor Day weekend ahead, and uh, now we're back. So uh, how are we doing, Lucci? Did you have a nice long weekend? Yeah, nice weekend. Uh, spent some time with the cars, so that's always uh, always a good thing. There you go. I wish I could say the same, but I was in the mountains. Yeah, getting seven hours of sleep all weekend for a big bachelor party and you know, trying not to get eaten by a bear while I was trying to puke. So uh, <laughs> it was good. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, great times. But uh, enough of that. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, so as we kind of bring it, bring it in for the latest episode, as always, we like to touch base on some recent episodes we've we've had on the the podcast. Uh, the last episode being our recap of our. You know, our weekend at Door Wars that was run at Maple Grove a couple of weeks ago. And we also talked about some tips to keep your your projects, uh, your project cars on track and some best practices that we like to follow. And prior to that, we had Marina Garlic and Kelly Kondratic join us, um, the built, not bought top alcohol dragster team owned by Marina. And uh, we talked about Kelly's new Kelly being the newest addition to that team and how she's going to be transitioning into a driver role for that team. So Definitely want to check that that episode out and some other previous ones. Um, and speaking of some previous episodes, you know, we want to give some a couple of special shout outs to some some racers and friends that we've actually had on our podcast before. Uh, as we know, it's you know it's almost middle of September and we you know racing season, especially the points type season points seasons are starting to come to an end. So we want to give a shout out to Eric Paterka, friend of the show, and he was on our podcast you know back you know almost a year ago. Um, he won the top ET class at his US 131 motorsport uh, racetrack out in Michigan. Uh, he won the points championship out there. So he did a nice post on uh, social media today. I saw, um, you know, about how it's his first ever you know track championship and, you know, well-deserved. So we want to make sure we give him a shout out and show him some love. Uh, additionally, uh, another friend and listener of the podcast, uh, Kevin Moore, uh, won down at Cecil County. I believe it was the uh, nostalgia super stock program they run down there and his dad's uh, mercury cougar it was his first ever race win as far as i know and uh was really cool to see him pull that off and i mean probably the biggest name in big money bracket racing right now is uh jeff sarah we, we wanted to we had him on our podcast after he won the million dollar race last season and uh you know he's the first person to my knowledge to ever race against himself uh in the final of a uh it's a one hundred thousand dollar fling event um and he was double entered and ended up racing himself in the final to win and runner up. So huge shout out to him. And, uh, one last shout out, you know, I have some ties to the junior dragster program here at Maple Grove. Uh, my sisters and, and I grew up racing in that want to give a shout out to Paige Ketterer winning her points championship, uh, this season and congrats to the Ketterer family. That's awesome. So yeah, a lot of, uh, shout outs to, uh, to give and great racers that we know of. And, you know, it's just, it's just awesome to see. Got to say, we we have a lot of uh, guys and girls in the community that are part of the Motor and Millennials community that have been doing well this year. So I think, you know, maybe the podcast has given them that little bit of extra inspiration, you know, to cut good lights and uh, run good ETs. I don't know what you say, Zach. Hey, you know, know, there's a Motor Millennials formula, maybe. I don't know, or a mixture, if you will. So uh, We, we just need to find that secret sauce. Maybe we need to start listening a little bit more. <laughs> I know. Maybe we do. I mean, yeah, our time will come. Our time will come. The topic for this week's episode, we're going to kind of talk about some trends that we, we see in the drag racing and bracket racing community 
you know, in the year of 2021 and kind of how things have changed from, you know, 10, 15, 20 or worse or more years ago to how they are now, you know, there's definitely been some, some, uh, you know, some areas of the sport that have grown significantly. The popularity has, you know, has grown, um, in some areas and we're going to dive into, into that, you know, uh, this week. And, uh, I mean, I think the, the first topic of talking about trends and bracket racing would be the, the continued rise of big money races, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're seeing more and more of them across the country really. And, uh, I mean, we're even getting more within our local community up at Maple Grove. I think Zach, you were, we we were talking before the podcast, you were saying that there's three next year at Maple Grove mm-hmm. where maybe, what was it? Maybe two years ago, what there was one. So there there's been a couple for the last five years up there, but mm-hmm. next year there's going to be three, one in June. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I believe one the July 4th weekend and then right. one the end of August. So there's going to be three within a span of three, four months apart. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, I know, I remember, for example, at Maple Grove, they might've had two tops, mm-hmm. a $5,000 and a $10,000 footbreak race. And that was really it. Um, and these are much larger payouts, these events too, right? Than back then. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you look on Motor Mania or just any, Facebook group that involves racing, there is a big money race. And when I say big money, it means at least $5,000 payout. Um, there's a big money race practically every weekend across the country, which is pretty incredible because, you know, like I said, 10, 15 years ago, there might've been several a year, you know, it's uh, the growth in that aspect of the sport is just absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, it, it's, it's great to see all the sponsors that shell out the money to help support this. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things. I mean, we, we, we all know building a race car is not a cheap uh, endeavor by any means. So especially when you're building a really fast race car. So you really need a lot of racers. They want to be able to have the chance to get, um, you know, win a much larger pot at, at the end of the event. So the high payouts, definitely a super attractive um, aspect of the big money races that we're seeing. And, and I guess, you know, it's, it's just a positive that we see that there's more showing up each year, more across, um, across the country. It's just a positive, you know, that we're seeing the sport growing in that region. Now it'd be really curious to know if like a lot of people from who used to race like point races specifically, like every single weekend at their local track, have have a large majority of them shifted over into the big uh, money bracket racing, or is it, you know, is it new people coming into the sport? Um, I don't, I don't know. We don't know the stats of that, but um, be really interesting to, to find out. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I think you get a mix of people that go to those races. I think the nice thing about the big money racing is, is, you know, come, January, February, typically all those races are scheduled and on the calendar somewhere. So mm-hmm. you, you can pretty much budget and pick and choose which races you want to hit, you know, across the country or in the Northeast region or just Eastern, Eastern portion of the country down South, whatever. Um, and you can kind of budget your season, build your car, you know, like, you know, strategize how you want, what you want to do to your car that off season based on those races. So that's extremely helpful. And you're, and with that being said, you're also not tied down to the weekly, almost weekly grind of the points 
racing when, Hey, I can win 50 grand at this race. You know, sure. Why not? Granted, it's going to cost you more money on travel entry fees and all that good stuff to race the big money races, you know, but that's kind of the risk you take in the game that you play, you know, talking about, you know, about money, like you think from like a economic perspective, I mean, these big money races are actually really good for, for the economy. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are spending, spending money to stay in hotels, fuel. Um, and then also you think about all the different places they're stopping at along the way. Mm-hmm. And then once they get to that, the, where the track is located, the, you know, they're now maybe some people are bringing a barbecue along with them and they're cooking on site. But I think a lot of people probably they spend money and go out to re- local restaurants. Right. So, I mean, that, that is a huge benefit to the economy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just definitely not a cheap, um, you know, cheap way to go racing. And I think, you know, the hot, the, you mentioned the, the, um, high entry fee, it's probably a barrier of entry to some, you know, weekend warriors like like we were talking about but you know it's, we've said it before on the podcast if you, if you want to play you got to kind of ha- you kind of have to pay <laughs> yeah i mean entering the big money races as a lot of people know it's not really meant for like the faint of faint of heart or yeah. uh, you know if uh, if you're just getting into it you want to you really need to have some seat time in the vehicle you're driving typically um or you need to be your vehicle needs to be dialed in you know very very tight. It's, it's a pretty serious game. You know, when you start putting that type of money in front of people, they're going to do whatever, whatever they have to do. And they're going to be very competitive. And, you know, there's a lot of sharks in the field, if, if you know what I mean, that are putting together under a 10th out package, almost every other run. It's, it's just insane. It's incredible what technology has done to the sport to make, to help make cars that consistent. And also just the, the, it, the incredible drivers that we have in the country in bracket racing. And one thing that I love about the big money, money racing is, you can watch all these races, typically all these races on motor mania on YouTube or on any type of live stream more often than not is for free. I know flow racing, there's a subscription, but it's not that bad when you, when you can, when you talk about like ticket prices, to like a football game or something like that. It's and the nice thing about all these streaming services and like people that talk about this, like even like te- technically, even like podcasts like us or like publications like drag illustrated national dragster, whatever uh the the jed you know the sportsman racing podcast um that and the jed and luke podcast um that's all publicity for the sport that we love right so like being able to watch them on youtube or motor mania it puts it in, in front of people you know in front of people who might not be familiar with the sport and it, it helps promote it you know which is just which is great and, and i don't know about you but no offense to NHRA drag racing with the NHRA races. I'd rather watch bracket racing because I know they're an average person just like me. And you know, that's a, typically it's a home built car or whatever. And you can do that type of racing and you could be that guy or gal winning, you know? So yeah, it's just, uh, it's awesome that it gets that much publicity and airtime, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, the fact that you can just go right to YouTube and watch, um, like when I was watching you over at door wars, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And I think it's almost like any industry or any business, the ones who have embraced technology and gotten behind it. And it's all about ease of accessibility today. So being able, like you said, versus like a a game, a ticket to a football game, you can just watch racing, right? And I, I saw there's hundreds of people watching those races 
from from YouTube. Um, so it, it's it's what it's probably part of the reason why these big money bracket races uh, races have succeeded in the way that they have. Yeah, and it's clearly been a benefit to large companies like Jag Summit. Yeah, you know, and those and those size companies because they're the one they sponsor a lot of these. Those type of companies sponsor a lot of these races, you know, um, and they're clearly seeing the benefit of having their name, you know, sponsoring it and their name being recognized with these big races or on people's cars and things like that. So, yeah. from an economic perspective and from a promoting the sport perspective, it's great. You know, it's obviously it's a like you said, it's a little bit of a barrier to someone who's fairly new or you know, they don't want to spend that much money to race, but you know, that being said, we can go into our next kind of topic. As far as with trends, we see, we talk about local points programs at racetracks, um, you know, with the points programs, the awesome thing about that. And, it, and you have to have like a different mindset when you're talking about points, points racing versus big money racing, I think, because with big money racing, you're there for what, four or five days or three days, two days, whatever a week, and you know, your all your focus is going into each day that you have there. Like you're locked in, you need to be locked in. Right. Whereas with points programs, yeah, you need to be locked in when you're at the track, but it's more of a you have to sustain that competitive edge for like six or seven months, you know, because you're chasing a title in each week or however many points races it, it matters, you know. Um but it's a longer game, right? And in versus just one weekend. So if you have and it's gonna happen, you're you know, unless you're really get struck by a lucky star one season. If you have a race that you really don't do well in, you have time to make up for that. Um, as long as, you know, whoever's at the top of, of the charts, you know, kind of runs into some kind of issues as well. Um, so it's, it's, again, it's for the long, it's the long-term strategy and, and goal. Like you said, you have to be dialed in for six months. Um, but you also, there's a little bit more room for forgiveness, right. Than in a big money, uh, bracket race. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, I used to run the points program and we're going to get back into it at Maple Grove years ago. I uh, was fortunate enough to win a championship in junior dragsters, but, um, you know, I think, I think if you average go to go third or fourth round every week at a points race, typically that'll put you in like the top five or maybe even winning it. Wow. So like you got to be consistent, but you can afford to have a third round, fourth round loss. Or if you win one week and you lose second round the next week, it's not going to kill you. Whereas a money race, you lose third round. Okay. You're done. Like you might, you might get a little bit of money back if that, or, or you might not, you know, typically with money racing, you don't get anything back until fourth round, but it's kind of like, Big money racing is almost like going to the casino, right? You have a lot of money to play with and you, you it's kind of a gamble, you know, and yeah, what it is, right? yeah, you're on your game and your car's dialed in short, sure, you know, that's great. But we've seen people lose with a 10 pack or a five pack before. So anything can happen. Whereas money racing, like you said, it's more uh, drawn out. It's a long game. Um, and I mean, you hit on earlier about big money racing. If that's maybe taking people away from points programs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe, I, I guess if, if you, uh, keep developing your car, which most people, uh, a lot of people do, right. That you always want to go faster. Right. And of course you want to get more consistent and better. I mean, yeah, you might like, like you said, Zach, or if you have to go to a race every single weekend, your weekends are kind of tied up. And then some people might say, Hey, I'm just going to do three big races. I'm going to travel these three weekends out of the the year. Still probably going to, you know, do 
time, time, uh, trials and a few races, you know, at my local track throughout the year, but you're not committed to the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I could see how it could be attractive. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with every seems like every single year that goes by people have less and less time on their hands. So it's, that's probably part of the reason why these, these, uh, money races are doing so well. Yeah. And I think if you do that, like you mentioned, how you, if you circle off three big races a year for money, I think it's important as a driver and as you know, when you're tuning your car though, that you do hit a points race or whatever, yeah. uh, whatever, a test and tune, like you said, I think it's important to hit several of those races a year as well. So that way you stay sharp and you keep your car in tune or you, know, you learn more about your car, you get it dialed in things like that. I think that's just as important. I think, um, I think with the points programs, what we're also seeing is they're still, they're still good. They're still drawing a large car count, you know, compared to, you know, some other previous years or whatever. I mean, I'd say car count might be down a little bit, but you're still getting the people who are loyal to running local programs, which is great. And the fact that like, for example, reference Maple Grove, the fact that they have three money races there next year means guess what? I live 30 minutes from the track. I don't have to travel so far. I got three money races in my backyard. So that's a boost. And that, you know, that helps the local guys who want to run points and want to run money racing. So I think that's a positive, at least for our area. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good to have a balance and that's what this is all about. It's like one type of, you know, money races or points races might not be, might not attract the same racer essentially it could, but maybe it doesn't. So I think it's good to have a mix. And like you said, if you live close to a track, which we're fortunate enough to, um, it's great to have the option to run both. Yeah, no, exactly. And there's a lot to be said about people who who run the points programs because it shows their loyalty, their dedication, and yeah. it shows it. And like we said, we talked about being a, a stamina longevity game. It shows how, you know, how consistently good you are. Like, any, yeah. like, like you could be a flash in the pan and win one big money race and never do anything ever again, you know, whereas a points race, you know, there's a lot of competition still at points in points racing. There's competition everywhere. Um, but for you to be able to sustain that, it's, it's, it's impressive. And there's definitely numerous drivers every year who are always in the top five or always in the mix. And um, that's because they, they, like you said, they have the seat time and they're, mm-hmm. they're cutting good lights. So, you know, you're not going to really either, either type of race. You need to be, you need to, you need to spend time in your car. You need to learn your car. You need to have it dialed in. You got to be cutting good lights. Um, that's how you win races. You're not just going to show up to a race. Um, and like I said, unless you get super lucky <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and every the guy in the other lane, each round is having a uh, bad luck, but you're most likely not going to show up to any of these races and just um, turn on wind lights. If you're not, you know, if you're not practicing, it's like anything. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, I think that really hits, I think overall, if you put the two together, we talk about big money racing, how that's growing substantially and, and the points programs, kind of how they're, I'd say they're about staying the same. Uh, they've seen some impacts from the big money races, but nothing too, too crazy. I would say all in all, I think bracket racing is in very good hands. You know, um, yeah. I think we're seeing a generational shift that hopefully starts to improve a little bit. But besides that, I think the trends are showing pretty positive. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, even with as being able to access races, whether it's big money races or watching point races, but even as like more YouTubers, you know, kind of start getting into drag racing, um, hopefully that sheds some more light on the hobby as well. 
and get some more people interested in the sport. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of automobiles out there and Zach, you and I were saying right before the podcast, you can go buy a, a car right off the showroom floor. That's ready to hit the drag strip for the price of an average car nowadays, um, which is probably around $50,000, but that's what most cars cost. <laughs> so you, you can, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to get into the sport if you really want to. Um, and like we said, hopefully wake with, you know, a lot of people just, uh, so, you know, supporting it online, we can, um, keep growing the hobby. That's what we always try to do, right? That's the purpose of our, uh, our podcast and brand, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So we want to thank everyone for listening to today's podcast. Uh, let us know what you prefer. If you're, uh, you know, you prefer racing in big money races or local point races. Um, and if there's anything, you know, that we didn't discuss that you thought we should have, uh, let us know in the comments below. Um, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. We definitely appreciate that. And you can always check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Motor and Millennials. And be sure to go to motorandmillennials.com to get some swag, gear, um, T-shirts, mugs, anything you need. Make sure you go there, motorandmillennials.com. You can order it right online, get it shipped straight to your door. So again, we appreciate everyone listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. As always, keep on motoring. Hit it.